everybody guess who it is guess what time it is it's that time that special time of the week that you just all wait for with anticipation and you know what that time is that time is well it's, it's time for us to see the progress that uh, joe's beard has made that's that's that, that that's the time that that's the time of the week we're we're, we're seeing we're we're right with the beard the beard the beard is looking majestic joe Thank so you. uh yeah as, as as some of you might know uh or mo- most of you should know in fact all of you should know who this is this is another than joe armenia with me and i'm dan friedman the one the only well probably not the only dan friedman out there because i'm sure there's other dan friedmans out there but you know the, the, the one that you know and love. And, uh, yeah, so this is the weekly AMA. And, um, you know, uh, by uh, popular requests, popular request, sisters, I am uh, I'm here touching grass. Yes. Awesome. The, the, yeah, see? I'm, I'm, I'm in the grass. I'm here to touch grass right behind me. Uh, touch, not smoke. All right. Say hi to everyone, Joe. How's everybody doing this week? Um, yeah, there's been a lot going on. I haven't been on these, uh, for a couple of weeks, but, uh, hopped into the development update, um, the, yesterday. And there's a lot of things that are, you know, under testing right now. Uh, Lilium is on testnet. Uh, that was a hackathon project, uh, regarding NFTs. Uh, Rosen is doing its public, uh, test. I saw that they're going to add uh, comet and Hosky to the next phase of testing. So people can play around with their, uh, meme coins hopefully not put a lot of uh actual value <laughs> at risk and you know play around with bridging uh blitz you know the trading card game had uh community um kind of a play test thing which is awesome to see so congratulations to mick i know that's been something that's he's been grinding on for quite a while um Let's see what else. Ergo Monitor, uh, which is kind of like a data notification service, uh, is growing out and following SigmaFi, Rosenbridge, all kinds of stuff. They have a Telegram that um, you know you can sign up for and kind of track uh, notifications on different wallets. Pretty useful for miners as well. Um, you know, then Grand Gambit is uh, yeah bringing back Bob Barker with some Plinko. I guess. Uh, new game for degenerates to have fun with and uh, potentially make some money. Dexy is, uh, you know, it's still in progress, but uh, improving. I know that they've done some test transactions or, you know, moving towards mainnet. Uh, Analog Ergo with some atomic swap stuff. I know Alex dropped a new node. Uh, Ergo pads playing around with a new marketplace. So there's a lot happening in the background that, uh, you know, it's kind of preparation for, mainnet um you know a lot of work you don't see in this space right and it's nice to see it kind of coming towards uh the public side so i'm pretty excited with uh, a lot of stuff it's in motion yeah yeah definitely a lot of stuff going on um yeah just uh, getting back from a few holidays right now and in asia here gonna start speaking with some funds again uh, so that's an ongoing thing, uh, speaking with, again, some exchanges, picking up those conversations about Rosen, um, need just to get some more details together from our end. Um, 
Yeah, the curriculum is coming along really well. Um, also, um, well, and on the actually on the Palmyra side, there's actually some interesting stuff going on. Um, we're actually building out a traceability solution on on Ergo right now. It's a pretty simple traceability solution, but it will run on Ergo, um, and then we'll of course scale up as uh, as it's needed. But just very uh, very exciting to be able to um, you know to start really creating something that is. Uh, potentially going to be, well, it's going to be open source and uh, it's going to be able to be utilized by other, uh, other devs and other projects. All right. So um, let's get to the questions. What, what do you think, Joe? Ready. All right. All right. All right. So, um, well, listen, listen let, let me answer this one question about Palmyra that is from Joe Halton. And so Joe is asking, this is a really good question just in general uh, about utilizing Ergo um, for, well, for, for real world use cases. How will people with limited access to sexes and technology on board to using the Palmyra Comdex? How will they convert their fiat to Ergo with limited banking? Right. Uh, that's a very good question. Um, and this is something that we spent a lot of time thinking about. Um, so the way we're designing Palmyra is that we are offering as many options as possible. So it's not just crypto, right? It's not just fiat. It's not just credit cards. It's basically everything that we can put in there. It's crypto and non-crypto payments. Uh, we're working with a, a very good, uh, one of the largest um, on-off ramps and payment rails, uh, payment rail providers out there. Um, I'm not going to name drop just yet until we, until we sign a contract with them. And so basically um, it's, it's, it's going to act as an on-off ramp. And so essentially they're going to on-off ramp Ergo. Um, now will the people utilizing Palmyra know that they're using Ergo, not necessarily. Um, some, you know, in some cases, they just don't need to know that they're using, you know, what crypto they're using. They just know that it's being done in crypto or that it's just an instant, instant payment, really. Um, because, I mean, in the end, uh, when you're making your visa payment, uh, do, you, do you care exactly which part of the network the visa, visa rails are using? Um, again, you know, I, I, I hate to bring that example all the time because it is a fiat system. It is kind of, a, you know, what we're trying to get away from. It's a centralized system. But essentially, the thinking is kind of the same. Uh, we can't expect people to all be really aware about what exactly, how exactly the payments work, how exactly the payment rails work. They just need to be easily accessible, easily usable, and secure. And that's it. And that's what we're offering. Um, so yeah, um, short answer is the on-off ramps that are going to be handling the uh, fiat to ergo, ergo to fiat, or ergo to other crypto stables to ergo, ergo to stables uh, transactions. And um, uh, again, limited banking. I mean, yeah, that's that is a consideration. However, a lot of the uh, the, the customers that are going to be utilizing Palmyra right now are actually um, they're they're established companies. So uh, there's not going to be too many, say, individuals like one person. You know, Joe's not going to go on there and order, you know, a, a ton of tea. I mean, maybe he will, but most likely is going to be 
a company that's doing it uh, and is going to is going to be a company that's selling the tea. I mean, even the farmers that are selling the tea to the factories, they also utilize some form of banking. Um, now, of course, there is also a solution that is going to be bringing back. Well, not banking, but payment rail solutions, payment rail uh, options to people like say the farmers who are not necessarily, you know, they necessarily might necessarily have a lot of banking options. And that's going to be through a payment system that we're going to establish. Uh, but you know, we have, um, we, our, the working name is Palmyra pay sort of like a Lee pay. Um, not exactly, but basically it's going to be kind of, uh, an option for them to use if they don't have access to direct access to banking. Um, yeah, so it's just all about options. It's all about options, um, and it's all about really um, just making things as easy as possible for people and making making it secure as secure as possible for people. I hope that answered the question. No, that's all a right. good, good question to kind of dive into. Anyway, first thing is I love tea, right? Tea parties all the time over here. It's cold. It's delicious. Um, you know, in terms of like onboarding users where they don't have, you know, banking access, uh, they don't have, uh, central exchange access, you know, you're kind of down to this idea where you can, you know, perform work, whether that's like computational, uh, work in the form of mining and, you know, then you get some return. You can also potentially have, you know, like an exchange of goods, you know, but then you have to have a counterparty that has crypto. And then, you know, we have service side as well, where, you know, you may be able to provide services either online or locally. Again, you know, you kind of need the counterparty and we've seen some, uh, yeah, some interesting things. Like I know that there's like lazy mint NFTs where if people have art skills, uh, you know, they can potentially like sell an NFT before they pay for the mint and, you know, potentially earn crypto. So there's, there's a lot of, you know, potential to grow the goods and services side as well, beyond just Palmyra, uh, just in terms of, um, promoting greater adoption for those areas. Uh, I, I think that continually needs to be something that, that we think about because that's a huge underserviced, uh, kind of demographic in this world. Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's interesting to mention the lazy NFT um, scenario. This is actually something that we've also been thinking about, which is basically uh, providing, uh, providing NFT services, NFT minting services uh, to companies and people that are utilizing Palmyra and not necessarily have uh, the access to be able to mint an NFT. Uh, so, uh, this would be, these would be NFTs that are, um, you know, pre-minted and then bought by, you know, uh, basically people that in the Palmyra ecosystem, and then they can be either sold or traded or lent to, uh, the people actually tokenizing the asset. And then there can be some sort of a, a revenue sharing event that happens, uh, along the line for using the NFT. So yeah, that's that's definitely uh, a, a good point, and that's definitely something that we're also um, kind of uh, really looking to uh, to do at Palmyra. Again, it's it's all about the options. It's all about having as many options as possible, and 
you know, providing a service that is, that is stable, secure, and robust. All right, so let's see. We got a lot of really good questions today. Uh, let's see. Um, well, this is a good question here. Uh, so L2 scaling solutions. Um, so the, the Conan, I think the Conan asks, L2 scaling solutions, what do you do, Joe and Kushti? Well, Kushti isn't here. So what do, does Joe think about Hydra as an option for Ergo? How is Hydra similar, different to what the spect what Spectrum is doing? All right. So let's start with the first. Um, you know, Ergo is part of a uh, organization called the UTXO Alliance, right? And what that is, is it's a group of UTXO-based blockchains um, that kind of work in a collaborative nature. Um, and, and so actually, I think this Friday, there's a meeting um, and, you know, the idea of porting Hydra to Ergo is one of the points of discussion, right? So that's kind of an ongoing work. Now, one thing that's nice about having these, uh, let's say, joint groups is we offer kind of different uh, strengths. An example, you know, one project on Ergo that's kind of interesting to that group is going to be Rosenbridge because potentially you get um, increased liquidity uh, between, you know, different projects in the alliance. And so it's more about, uh, you know, collaboration. How can uh, we create good standards? Um, you know, how, how can we collaborate and kind of build out uh, UTXO? Because the truth of the matter is EVM has a big head start, right? It's got some obvious issues as we can, you know, see where, you know, you have wallets that are being drained, um, you know, all too often, uh, you know, so there are, there are some nice, um, collaborative, uh, efforts kind of underway in the background that they take time. Right. So that's uh, kind of an ongoing venture. I know that, uh, the IOG Cardano side is, you know, kind of in, let's say the lead position there. Uh, so it is something that, you know, we can port to, um, Ergo, you know, in porting that to Ergo, I think then it's a matter of, you know, making it open source, getting the proper tooling documentation, um, and passing it out to where if a project like Spectrum said, Hey, this scaling solution fits, you know, they have the code, they have the tooling, the libraries, et cetera, to, uh, plug it in. You know, long term, we may see some you know work towards atomic swaps between uh, the chains that um, support the uh, you know hashed uh, time lock uh, contract, and that would be pretty cool to get some atomic swaps between different projects. Um, there's just a lot that we could potentially do there. Um, so, you know, do I think Hydra is an option for Ergo? Yeah, it's actually an option that's. Um, you know, actively in discussion and, you know, then it's a matter of how best to plug it in and kind of pass it to the developer side. That way, um, you know, they can figure out when and where it makes sense for their project. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, well said. Um, I don't really have anything to add to that. Um, all right. Well, we got a question from our friend Augustus Kent right here, and it's uh, well, it's a good question. Uh, are you surprised that Ergo's cheap and secure NFTs have not been utilized more? Um, yes and no. 
Um, I think that this is a symptom, a very common symptom of uh, just the crypto market in the blockchain space. And that is good technology is, you know, there's a lot of good technology that's being wasted uh, because it's just not, it's being underutilized over not good technology because they just won the marketing and the popularity contest. You know, I mean, you know, why is, why is Pepe blowing up right now? What the hell is Pepe? You know, what, 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 you know, another meme coin, really? I mean, we're not even out of a bear market just yet. And people are pumping money into meme coin. Okay. Um, I mean, do you look at it and you say, really? Yeah. But you know, that's just going to keep happening over and over and over again. It's a symptom of the market. I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's a common symptom of, of the market and of, of the space, unfortunately. Um, so I am surprised that because there are enough smart people in the space to understand technology and understand uh, utility, understand viability, both technologically and uh, economically or, you know, and, and commercially. Um, and so that, you know, ergo NFTs haven't been noticed, but then we're still kind of early, you know, um, I mean, I noticed them, obviously, you know, to me, it made perfect sense uh, to use Ergo NFTs for, for, for what I'm doing, for what we're doing with Palmyra. Um, will others recognize it? Yes, um, I think so. Especially when we lead the way with showing what they can do with Palmyra. When will that happen? I don't know. Um, could be really quickly. It could be, you know, could be a couple of really killer daps on ergo or just going to blow things up and people are going to be like, Oh my God, you know, how did I not know about this? Or it could be, you know, we have a few really good daps and people love the daps, but they still just are really thick about understanding the ecosystem. And it takes a while. You can never predict these things. Um, so all we can really do is just, uh, understand what we have utilized as much as possible and just keep building. Um, I mean, that's all I got to say about that. What do you think, Joe? You know, the NFTs are kind of a complex market. It's pretty diverse. Um, you know, I think that there's a ton of underappreciated artists in the blockchain space in general, but I don't think that really is that much different than the off-chain world, to be honest. Um, there's a ton of noise in the NFT side, uh, which, you know, some people love, uh, some people are just overwhelmed because, you know, sometimes there's a lot of drama, <laughs> um, then I think, uh, you know, you have like the technical side, there's a lot possible. Um, that, you know, I would say has been more uh, at this point, an idea, uh, maybe lacking implementation with NFTs. Um, but you know, there's a lot of unique use cases that could be explored there. Now, if you're talking about just like the typical, uh, you know, NFT drop generally, uh, you know, most artists chase liquidity and so they go to markets that have liquidity. Right. And, you know, so I think, you know, you have Ethereum is pretty dominant there just because there's, you know, a larger market now being that there's a larger market, 
uh, there's also more competition and probably there's a lot of people that try and just get buried. Um, so that, that is one benefit of, uh, you know, starting in a smaller ecosystem to a degree is, is you get greater visibility. Um, you know, imagine the noise, you know, amplified, you know, by X degree, depending on the chain and the size of the market. And I don't know, a lot of the times you get like NFT, uh, influencers, I guess that's a thing. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of marketing involved there. Uh, I, I have to be honest. I'm not always the best person to ask about like the intrinsic value of art. Uh, you know, people make their own decisions, right? <laughs> Hard to say. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, it's also, um, it's art. That's not, you know, because, uh, you got a lot of the people they're saying that are in it for the art or just in it for the cash grab, you know, they're just, they're holding on to it because they think it's going to be worth more than they bought it for. Um, and again, yeah, you can do that with regular art, you know, physical art, but, um, are, you know, with people who own art, who own pieces of art that they actually purchased, is there more people that own art because they're thinking of flipping it because they're, they own it because of its value or do they own it because they enjoy it or is it both? And how much, like, what is, what is the ratio there? Is that, is there more like money, like money or appreciation or money? Like, is it more money than appreciation or is there more appreciation than money? I honestly don't know. I actually would like to know that. Um, but, um, it, 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 it also, you know, like the market sometimes just doesn't do itself any favors, you know? Um, and this is why, again, why ergo some, you know, an NFT, uh, you know, ergo NFT technology is not as well recognized because like Joe said, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, art drops and influencers and, you know, who's the bigger DJ and, uh, you know, who owns what collection and, you know, and yeah, it's, it's, and it's about liquidity. And, uh, I mean, it's also about the attitude, you know, um, I mean, some, you know, some, some NFT, uh, influencers, they're acting like they, they're curing cancer with NFTs. You know, it's like, I mean, come on guys, that's, you're not, you know, um, yeah. So it's, it's kind of a difficult, um, difficult. It's, it's a, like Joe said, it's a very complex field, but I just feel like really the entire industry is, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one is, is really just trying to grab what is, what is going to make the most, the, the, the most cash right now versus what is the most robust use case, robust use case, that will have long-term value. And I think that's a big mistake. Um, I mean, you know that like 95% of all NFTs that you buy today are gonna be worthless in a couple of years. That's just a matter of, that's just how it works. Um, is and, and really to utilize the NFT for just for art, um, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you know, having a, having a Ferrari and using it as a paperweight. 
I mean, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, um, kind of um, uh, diminish the use case that NFTs have for art. But with that, like I said, it's like, I mean, yeah, you know, if you need to, uh, you need to hold something down and uh, that's basically what you need done and you just have a Ferrari wall. Yeah, it's, it's a good, you know, that's a use case, but there's other use cases that you can have with it. So, yeah, you- um, things like urbit or you can look at how nfts are used for profit distribution potentially or uh you know even the gaming side is pretty unique uh, so there, there's a lot of technology you can kind of plug into that uh, that is still needs to kind of be developed explored and mature yeah yeah absolutely absolutely all right. Well, I think, I think, you know, we can, we can go on about the subject uh, for, for, you know, for a while. So let's maybe move on to something, um, something different here. All right. Okay. Well, here's a good question from our friend, Fo, who is back. We missed you, Fo. Good to see you back in uh, in the ergo, you know, in the ergo circles. So, other than the Rosenbridge, the Rosenbridge and Palmyra, what other elements of this year's roadmap do you think is going to help improve ergo's accessibility and liquidity? Uh, what, what do you think, uh, Joe? I mean, I, I, I guess it would be you know some projects that are uh, that just basically got out of uh, ergo hack. I mean, what what, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? Well, I think that, you know, on, on like the base level, uh, you can look at expansion of proof of work. Uh, we have, um, lethos, which is pretty interesting. That could give us a lot of, uh, kind of awareness in terms of ergo. Uh, if you know, their new kind of mining solution starts to be a viable alternative to stratum, that would probably get a lot of eyes views. Uh, then you go to like the liquidity side that has to do with like activity and trading. Uh, I think all of the DeFi primitives that are being built, um, open the potential to, uh, you know, new forms of arbitrage, uh, trading strategies. And yeah, I do think that as, uh, we kind of build out this idea of decentralized trade bots, um, it kind of puts the user uh, more in the position of a traditional market maker, right? Uh, where, you know, if you look kind of on the back end of exchanges, what's happening is you usually have market makers that have kind of a spread portfolio that are trading, you know, against spot and multiple environments and kind of scraping uh, the difference, so to speak, where, you know, they may buy on one exchange and sell on the other and take advantage of that price difference, right? Uh, one, unique thing that, uh, trade bots potentially, um, do is give that power to the user, right? I know there are central exchanges that, uh, do offer, you know, grid bots and, you know, sometimes, uh, I guess even like leverage or margin, uh, exposure, but that, that helps with liquidity too. But I think taking that and putting it in the custody of the user, uh, could potentially, uh, really assist in driving liquidity and activity. Uh, there just probably needs to be education along with the tooling, right? How to use it, what kind of strategies make sense. Uh, there's a lot that can kind of develop there on the DeFi side. Um, you know, other than 
Rosen Bridge in Palmyra. Then you have like direct accessibility, and that usually has to do with exchange partnerships. That's something that we're always uh, pushing for, right? Um, you know, right now in the U S things are a little <laughs> crazy where, you know, people are getting served wells notices and talking about offshoring. And I hate to say that the exchanges have their own problems in house, but right now they have their own problems in house that, uh, probably is taking priority time resources away from just listing. It's more surviving as a business in a harsh environment. That's, uh, both unpredictable and aggressive. Yeah, um, you know, and 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 I mean, I mean, the way the SEC is operating right now, it's it's basically turning to predatorial. I mean, that that that's what it is. Um, what's been happening with Bittrex is is, is ridiculous. Um, be, well, I'm actually, I'm uh, I've got a long relationship with Bittrex. Uh, we is the first exchange to list ADA. Um, so I personally worked on that listing some year, you know, back in 2017. And, uh, and, 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 and I mean, these guys, they did not, they did, they did not do anything recklessly. You know, these guys were always very by the book. They were always very, um, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's one of very few exchanges that I've met that actually did try to comply and did try to do things fairly and and what they're doing to them right now which is basically extortion because i mean they're not shutting them down they're just saying oh yeah we're not gonna shut you down just give us 29 million dollars it's basically a bribe it's like you know give us uh, it's 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 uh it's like racketeering you know it's uh give us this money or else we're gonna mess you up and um you know gary gary is uh is is a is a shady mofo, you know, I mean, this guy, this guy says one thing and then he goes under oath and says something different. Um, and all of this, what does all of this do? Well, all of this basically, uh, I mean, it, 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 it really, it, you know, they're not doing anybody any favors because the rest of the world is figuring out crypto, you know, they're figuring out blockchain they're figuring out crypto. Um, and it's just the U.S. is hurting itself because for the longest time, the U.S. wasn't really bothering with trying to have regulatory clarity about crypto. And all of a sudden, they just kind of rushed in and started basically, uh, you know, selectively, selectively legislating and uh, uh, extorting money out of crypto projects that they, you know, it's like it's basically uh, like the, you know, the Red Scare uh, or another Red Scare, the... Uh, uh, well, basically, uh, you know, the, 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 the communist reconstruction back in the, back in the thirties is when, um, you know, the Stalin was, was basically rooting out all the people that were kind of from the, the original order of the communist party that, that started the Soviet union. And he was just kind of weeding those people out and sending them to Siberia or having them executed. And it's kind of like the same thing, <laughs> you know, it's, it's basically selective, selective legislation and without any regulatory clarity, without any kind of, uh, just, just, just many it, it, real, any real common sense. Um, and like I said, all it's doing for the U S is basically setting us back. It's well setting the U S back. Um, it's setting us back 
years um, and is driving business out of the U.S. And it's sort of like what Japan actually did. And you would think that people would learn. I mean, Japan back in, you know, 2015, 2016 became really crypto friendly and it became and, you know, it said that Bitcoin is a is, is a legal tender and uh, all these projects started you know, popping up in, in Japan and, you know, it started this crypto spring in Japan and this is where Cardano was born. And then, you know, all of a sudden the Japanese lawmakers are like, Oh, wait a second. Oh my God. Where's all this money coming from? Uh, we need to know how to tax it. Uh, let's make up a bunch of laws that really just, you know, instead of trying to figure out a system, a common sense legislative framework, they just kind of started slapping on these ridiculously stupid laws that basically like right now, no accountant out here will touch crypto with like crypto taxes. Nobody will touch them because uh, it's just that there is such regulatory vagueness and such regulatory uncertainty that nobody wants to even deal with it. And that's it. And that's what the U S is doing to itself. It's basically setting it, setting itself back and driving innovation out of the U S and the innovation is not going to like get scared because Gary, you know, pulled some bullshit and try to extort more money from another, from another platform. They're going to go to Dubai. They're going to go to, uh, to Europe. You know, they're going to go to Malta. They're going to go to all these different countries that are smarter, uh, that are more, you know, make kind of more common sense about this stuff. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's really sad to see because, uh, it, it what it also really does is it, it kind of hurts both ways when you're, when you're dealing with a project, for example, when you're doing a raise, um, I mean, most projects right now, they won't sell to us, uh, to us citizens. And it literally has this, uh, there's like a list, you know, and it's like, you know, Iran, North Korea, Caribbean, uh, the United States of America, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, it's uh, now, now we're, now we're in the same calm as North Korea and Iran for regions that they just don't want to deal with. Um, and, uh, what that does is number one, it, it really doesn't give crypto, uh, and blockchain enthusiasts in the U S the ability to, participate in these IP, uh, these, uh, ICOs and, uh, uh, TGEs. And uh, it also limits, uh, the areas where a project can launch because you don't want to then be, you know, hit by the sec saying that, Oh, Hey, you guys sold a bunch of securities. Give us $30 million. I don't want to deal with that. So what are they going to do? They're going to cut out the U S you know, they're going to cut out all these regions that are problematic and it's just very, very unfortunate. And it's very unfortunate that the U S is now in the same ranks as, you know, North Korea for nobody wanting to deal with the regulations. Anyway, I can go on about this forever. So yeah, hopefully something will change. Hey, I got part of that. He was uh, talking and it was like, so you think you can dance around the question time after time after time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm still, I'm still waiting for him to answer exactly. Uh, you know, uh, how is all crypto the security, but Algorand isn't, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, and, and I like Algorand, you know, but it's just, it's just kind of like, it's, it's kind of funny. 
uh, everybody's a security except for Algorand. Why? You know what? You know anyway. Um, all right, let's go to another question here. Okay. Um, okay. So FC asks. This is a. Um, uh, a good question right now for, for people basically wondering about this. So how is Rosen funded? Is it the Ergo Foundation that, the, well, the, I think you mean the Cardano Foundation? Who leads it? Is the the Ergo side? Uh, so why don't you take that question, uh, Joe? So um, in this space, let's, let's, the, the simple answer is yes, there was a bridge grant that was given. Uh, part of the reason why is because the cost of listing in exchanges uh, is quite high. Right? And so this idea that we have the ability to access liquidity and work around exchanges, um, you know, at a lower cost than even listing it in exchange uh, is a pretty good, uh, you know, let's say investment for a small growing ecosystem. Um, now, one thing that we did ask, and we generally ask with grants, is that it's open source. That way, the community benefits. Everybody can look at it, take it apart, uh, reuse parts of it for their project, and it becomes like public infrastructure, right? Um, now, the actual process of uh, implementing that bridge, it took a while. Uh, initially, um, oof, I think we went through two or three different uh, potential bridge designs that we were going to partner with. And as many of you know, the <laughs> bridge space had a lot of demolition, uh, had a lot of hacks, had a lot of issues. Um, you know, so that kind of led to this idea of Rosen, let's build something that's ergo native that, um, you know, basically, uh, helps to remediate a lot of the risks that we've just seen fail. <laughs> um, so it is, uh, you know, initially funded by a bridge grant. Uh, there is, uh, team that team is led by uh, MHS, uh, which is not directly on the Ergo Foundation, but is for lack of a better thing, an honorary member. He's been around to uh, help write the mining software. Is somebody whose uh, you know skill and expertise really is beneficial. So you know, someone whose whose opinion uh, you know I, I always try to listen to. Um, so he's not directly in the Ergo Foundation officially, but, you know, he is uh, part of the Ergo Foundation because he's been a part of Ergo, you know, since testnet days. Um, so it does have its own team. Uh, it's, I can't remember the exact size of it, but uh, they've been working probably for oof, a year, uh, maybe more in terms of Rosen. Uh, one neat thing that we'll see is a lot of, uh, tooling, a lot of smart contracts that, you know, are just open, available to the public. Any developer that wants to try to take part of that, improve it, use it in their project is free to, um, you know, and, and that's a part of what, uh, the Ergo Foundation's mandate is, is not just to assist in the, uh, let's say market side of, uh, let's say Ergo in terms of, you know, educating people and, and, kind of getting some market adoption. It's also to work with creating an open source development environment that allows uh, developers, people, projects to come in, play, build. And, uh, you know, sometimes we have, yeah, thrown out uh, small grants to 
push for that. Um, you know, that's not the only one, uh, back in the day, we had a small grant that started ergo decks, which then kind of spun into its own thing. And it was just kind of a way to assist that project. Right. But being that everything is open source, then it leads to new innovation that's built on that open source technology. And it kind of takes on a life of its own, which is great. Yeah, and, and um, especially with Spectrum, Ergodex now Spectrum, uh, there's a lot of innovation happening there. You know, they have, um, well, I mean, they're they're writing some really complicated code, first of all. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's Scala uh, function, functional Scala stuff is um, giving me a headache. Um <laughs> But it's good. It's uh, it's uh, the, the, they're they're writing a lot of really good code. That they're writing a lot of really good frameworks. Um, they're writing their own protocol. In fact, right now, uh, or in fact, maybe they're finished with it. And uh, it, it's just uh, yeah. I mean, it, it helps build uh, build the ecosystem. I mean, for and I'll give you an example. A really good example again is from my personal experience. Um, so uh, part of Palmyra is going to be, of course, the NFT um, buying and selling, which is, you know, is going to be the representation of real world commodities. But and you know, under the hood is basically buying and selling NFTs. And so what do you need for that? You need, you need, an, an, you need an NFT viewer explorer. Uh, you need to have a wallet um, to store the NFTs and to transfer the NFTs, you know, the ownership of NFTs. Uh, you also need a wallet to make the transactions, uh, as, as they happen. And, um, it's good to be able to go and say, Hey, I can use uh, Nautilus for this, you know, or maybe I can, uh, you know, maybe use some of the, you know, the NFT marketplaces that are on Ergo and utilize some of their code, or maybe use, uh, you know, some of the code from, uh, you know, from, from Terminus Wallet. Um, it's just really good. You know, it just, it, it really helps because you don't have to just kind of start from scratch and spend all this time trying to figure this stuff out and bench test it and beta test it and, you know, write a 5,000, 4,700th wallet that is basically doing the same thing as all these other wallets are doing. It's just really good. You know, um, in fact, I am fairly certain that we're going to be utilizing um, some, some of the Nautilus uh, code base uh, for, for, for the NFT transactions and, and NFT storage and whatnot, of course, is going to be, you know, palmyralized. Um, yeah, but in, in, in the back, there's going to be, uh, Nautilus stuff running. So it's just, it's, it just makes, if you've got a good viable idea and a good viable business plan, um, working in an ecosystem like Ergo and working with all these open source uh, tool chests is, 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 is great. It's great. Um, it, it, it really kind of opens up possibilities and it really makes, if you know what you're doing and if you know what you want, it makes things a hell of a lot easier to create. So, you know, open source, open source for the win.
FTW. All right, let's do another question here. I think maybe it might be the last question we take because we're getting pretty close to the uh, top of the hour. Okay. Um, I think there's a good one from Luke there. Uh, let's uh, let me see. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, uh, the um, the one. Uh, okay, which one? The one about SEC or the one about uh, Dixie Gold? Say the XCC. I mean, that's what's on people's mind, it seems. Yeah. So let's do that one. So can you guys discuss the SEC going after Dash? Gensler is being a cagey, but it looks like the plan to hit any project with a foundation. Uh, Dash had a fair launch. So what do you think about that, Joe? Well, I think the first thing that uh, I thought was, uh, let's just say comical, right, is uh, – you know, his comments in terms of like, if there's anything that is being maintained or developed, eh, it's a security, right? If there's any party that's working on the system, it's, it's a security. Well, software takes maintenance, right? <laughs> even if, even if the, the system itself is not really evolving, you know, you could uh, look in something like Bitcoin core, there's a ton of ongoing maintenance uh, always, right? Now, in terms of uh, Dash, yeah, you know, Dash was a fair launch. It did have this masternode uh, structure. Um, you know, it did. Dash has kind of always, uh, I guess, not gotten too much love because it also has some privacy, um, you know, capabilities. Uh, now, in terms of a foundation, I think that's silly, uh, personally, right? Uh, because the truth is, if you're going to work with an exchange, you need a counterparty. Okay. And so every listing has someone on the back end that is probably, you know, uh, covering the costs of the listing and most likely is working with some market maker to create liquidity on markets. Okay. And if that, uh, doesn't move through a foundation, we don't know who it is. Right. So let's say that I was that party and I say, Hey, I, you know, I've raised the funds where I'm going to list on a large exchange. Um, and I'm also, you know, have some market making capabilities, uh, which usually is a part of an exchange listing requirement. Um, I have the ability to use that information asymmetry and uh, kind of my liquidity and, and market making ability to profit heavily from that, right? You could potentially uh, say, okay, I'm going to list on X date, front run that, uh, you know, get the listing market make and, you know, you, uh, you know, basically have a huge lack of transparency there. And, you know, in my opinion, uh, that's a problem, right? It moves things into the dark. I know that there's a lot of people that don't understand that. So they think, Oh, there's no foundation, you know, but, um, one of the benefits there is transparency, right? The Ergo foundation is, you know, ran its budget on chain. It's audible, uh, any, basically any time. Now on the other side, uh, you have a lot of foundations in the space that have done some sketchy shit right? You can say, okay, well, the Ethereum foundation is called the top of bull markets twice. You know, either they have really good luck or that's a little sketchy. Uh, you have some foundations that have been trading against their own community and sometimes even publicly where they'll disclose like, Hey, we've been, uh, 
you know, building an asset portfolio that means they're directly competing with traders on their ecosystem, right? That's not a good thing. Um, then you have foundations that will go out and they will actively create commercial deals that um, bring in partners that number one may not even offer any benefit, but it actively creates an external competitor to their own community. Right. If I were to say, Hey, I'm going to go, um, I don't know, throw a hundred million dollars at DC comics so they can come and make Superman NFTs. Well, what about the smaller artists on my chain? Right. It, it, like we may have just crowded them out of the market. So having a foundation itself, that's just a legal entity. You have to ask the question, what does it do? Like critical thinking here, I think is a little important. Um, now on the other side, what's a benefit of having an entity, right? Well, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but, um, before the, um, Ergo foundation was like formally put together in, uh, Singapore, uh, we had to have people, take private liability for exchange listings, right? Where, because we didn't have an entity, um, you know, some of the core team would have to get together and say, okay, well, somebody has to sign this contract in order to list with this exchange. And, you know, I hate to say it, but the conversation broke down to who lives in a non-extradition country, right? Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. Those conversations. Yeah. <laughs> couple of earlier, couple of earlier exchanges trying to extort money out of us because of that as well. Yeah, uh, you know that that was a dis topic of discussion. Okay, we don't have a formal entity that can absorb any liability in this situation, so that means that somebody has to personally carry it. And if somebody is, you know, let's say a uh, counterparty on a big exchange that uh, potentially has a lot of volume, um, you know, that's a little insane, right? Especially if, you know, they're not a whale that doesn't have like the ability to directly profit from that type of deal. And when you don't have an entity and you put it in the private market, someone is going to exploit that for profit because there's a lot of cost, right? And so, you know, anybody with half a brain is not going to say, Hey, I'm just going to pay for an exchange listing and run market making and not exploit the profit opportunity there. So, um, you know, not having a foundation pushes it into the dark. Now, is there a lot of sketchy shit that foundations do? Absolutely. You know, you could even look at the Bitcoin foundation back in the day and, um, their propensity to party, right? Uh, you know, there was, uh, let's say not always the greatest focus on, you know, ecosystem development, software development. Sometimes it was, you know, like these crypto, uh, you know, Lamborghini party in Dubai, right? It's like, what does that have to do with open source software and adoption of these ecosystems? Hell if I know, but uh, sometimes the crypto space leans in that direction. Yeah. I was actually going to bring up that example, you know, the Bitcoin foundation, that was a, that was a dumpster fire. <laughs> and that's the Bitcoin foundation, you know, so you got to think about that. Right. Well, I think, um, I mean, I, you know, I think I kind of covered uh, my feelings about the SEC and about how uh, these, uh, you know, these ridiculous decisions are being made. And I mean, like I said, it's just killing the U.S. market.
it's not going to kill crypto. It's just going to push it off somewhere where they can't touch it. And um, yeah, we're in a good position actually that we haven't, we have no direct financial like liability in terms of business dealings we've done in the U S you know, if you, we were to pay for, uh, you know, Binance US or a Coinbase listing, um, you know, that's a significant amount of our budget that we would just be throwing in, into a, I guess, regulatory, you know, black hole of darkness that who knows, it could be an issue, right? And so one, you know, in ongoing conversations, we always try to, um, you know, do solid business where if certainly if, if we can create that for a reasonable cost, it's maybe worth the risk, but if it's, uh, you know, a massive expenditure uh, from our treasury and then you have uncertainty, is that really a wise choice moving forward? Uh, especially if, you know, there is clarity in the future. Well, you know, then that, risk assessment, you know, goes down quite a bit. We try to be conservative at the Ergo Foundation. We're not so fancy. I'm speaking to you from my basement, right? <laughs> well, but you do have a really beautiful crock pot behind you. No, thank you. It's just, it's, it's majestic. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that's a good place to leave it off for today. What do you think, Joe? Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining everybody. Um, good to be back. I've kind of been away for a couple of weeks, but, uh, enjoyed the questions and, uh, yeah, keep coming keep asking them. I hope that, uh, if we didn't get to you, we can next time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks for joining and we'll see you next week. Have a good one.